Welcome to the Retzel Health Law Hotspot. Health Law Hotspot is a podcast for physicians and health professionals that covers the legal issues and trends that affect the healthcare industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Health Law Hotspot. I'm Erica Adler, shareholder at Retzel and Andrus and leader of our healthcare practice. And today I'm joined by my very favorite guest, Christina Kuda, part of the Health Law Group at Retzel and Andrus as well. And I'm totally excited to have her here with us. So thanks for coming, Christina. Glad to be here. Today, we're going to talk about something that we've been dealing with lately uh, with several of our clients. And this has to do with laboratory testing as it relates to COVID. So COVID's been going on the past couple of years, and there are existing laboratories that got into COVID testing. There were brand new laboratories set up to engage in COVID testing. There were freestanding locations set up for COVID testing. Uh, and there were doctor's offices that started offering COVID testing. So then lots of COVID testing going on. And now we're starting to see a couple of years later, some investigation uh, in terms of healthcare investigations related to this. You're reading on the news about uh, some of these labs getting um, you know, closed down or the owners getting arrested, et cetera. And so we wanted to kind of talk about what you need to know if you're one of the people involved in this, uh, whether directly or peripherally, and what you, know, you might expect going forward. So why don't we start off, Christina, give us a little bit of background about some of the action that you're seeing and some of the reasons that people are getting in trouble right now for the COVID testing. Sure. So there's a few different avenues that we see people have gone down that have uh, lent them now into investigations with the federal and state governments. Many have led to shutdowns of labs or um, labs that are currently under investigation right now. So one of them is not having proper um, certificates or uh, proper waivers from CLIA to provide the test they're providing. So if you're providing a PCR test, for example, that's not considered a wave test for CLIA purposes. That's a non-wave test. You need to have the proper identification and apply for the proper registration with CLIA for that purpose. So that's been one of the issues that we have seen. Another issue that we've seen are people that are, are charging for CLIA, pardon me, charging for COVID testing when they're not supposed to charge patients directly. Patients come in, they either have insurance, they're not billing insurance, they're charging patients directly, or they're charging patients, but still billing the federal healthcare program that's been set up to allow for payment related to the COVID testing. Um, you know, we have seen labs that have charged patients. One day a patient comes in, they charge patient $30, but they're still billing their insurance. They're not supposed to do that. Um, the other issue we've seen is people that have been inappropriately paying marketers or people that are going out and finding patients they're paying on a per test or a per patient basis. Um, you'll see a lot of those tents that are set up, maybe in a you know a, a parking lot of a of a uh, grocery store, or you'll see like an old storefront that'll be taken over and it'll say you know come here and get COVID testing. A lot of times those are independent parties from the lab that are having people come in, they're actually running the COVID test and they're sending it to the lab for processing. We have seen investigations where these labs are paying on a per test basis or paying a certain percentage based on the volume of testing that's coming in from these independent parties. Um, one thing that needs to be remembered is just because we're in this pandemic and just because there are a lot of rules out there that don't specifically say they apply to COVID, 
things like the anti-kickback statute, false claims, other types of laws that have been around for a long time still may apply to lab services even if they're provided to COVID patients. So I think a lot of labs have not kept that in mind and sort of operated a little bit like the Wild West. And now they're starting to see a little bit of pushback from the government on those fronts. Right, and I, I know COVID is, you know, hopefully going away. Obviously to travel to most other countries, you no longer need to have COVID testing anymore. Um, however, COVID testing is still being required uh, for certain events, for schools, daycare, et cetera. Uh, and we're kind of in the, the midst right now of, of some pretty big COVID numbers. So sure. I don't think it's quite, you know, the situation it was previously, but I think the testing is here to stay. Um, right now, we know that the government has shut down quite a lot of different laboratories. You might have heard about it on the news. They were talking about the fact that some people never got test results at all, or they got it, you know, weeks later, or they got the wrong results, or etc. So are you hearing anything now about what's going on in those investigations at all? You know, there seems to be a bit of radio silence in that. And I think it's because those people in labs that were sort of being investigated early January, when we had that first large Omicron variant outbreak. Um, I think the investigation process is happening. Records were taken. I mean, one of the labs I saw on the news, there were hundreds and hundreds of boxes of records taken. I think the government's probably investigating right now and going through that documentation. So um, I'm not aware of any actual enforcement end of this happen where someone has been punished or levied with a fine yet or anything. But I think the investigation process is ongoing. And I, you're absolutely right when you sort of mentioned the issues with the, the testing and people not getting correct tests. I mean, I anecdotally have several friends and family that during that initial sort of Omicron wave were, you know, went to one place, never got a PCR result or got a PCR result that said negative, but then they went somewhere else and it was positive. I mean, it, it, the labs either couldn't keep up or I think at some point just gave up and, and were probably not applying appropriate procedures or really, you know, doing the testing the way they should. And I think that's all sort of under investigation now. And I, I think that's what sort of started a lot of the investigation into the labs because people were complaining. There were consumer complaints, especially here in Illinois, lots of consumer complaints to public health about never getting test results or really getting shady test results that didn't seem reliable. And when they started investigating, it opened the, you know, the proverbial Pandora's box. And now they were seeing all kinds of things that these labs were not doing correctly. Right. And whereas these the, the labs that had either been in business or started up as a result and may have you know been properly run with you know licensed personnel, et cetera, they may find because of the way they handle COVID, they lose you know their business entirely, even if the other tests were all being legitimately run. I think it was just a whole lot of circumstances. I have to say, you know, some people got a little greedy with COVID as well. Lots of people made money uh, you know, off the pandemic and labs certainly are part of that. Um, you know, some of the labs we're aware of, they, they made millions and millions of dollars during COVID. I'm not saying it wasn't for services provided, but it became a very lucrative business. And whenever we see large amounts of money being paid out by Medicare or other insurances, it always leads to at least a review and investigation to say, was this legitimately earned? Is there a scheme that was going on here? And whether intentional or not, there's always gonna be some kind of wrongdoing uh, that's discovered. And that's kind of the process we're in sure. right now. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, there is that sort of pot of money that the federal government has put aside to pay for 
COVID testing, but there are rules to when you can bill that. You know, people need to not have insurance. It needs to be for certain kind of COVID testing. If you're just, you know, wanting to go to another country, the other country says we need a COVID test. That's not something you should be able to bill to that, you know, program. But people are, and I think, like you said, people have sort of seen dollar signs, and it's easy just to bill everything to the federal program rather than to really legitimately ask, do you do you have insurance or what is the purpose of this test, et cetera. And I, I think that anytime a lot of federal money is being spent, even if it doesn't happen now, I think it's going to happen later where the government's going to look and say, you know, was this money spent properly? It's just like with Medicare, Medicaid, you know, the audits are always done on the back end after the money's paid out. And, you know, there are rules. And I don't know that all labs have really followed those rules in, in our experience to really appropriately be accepting money from that program. Right. Well, let's talk about the physician and the practice role in all this, right? A lot of doctors said, you know, go get the testing done. They didn't offer it in their office. Some of them did start to offer it, you know, and others now are offering uh, you know, more of the antibody test or, you know, the quick test that they can do in the office. So it is being offered right now. Is there any reason that doctors cannot do those tests in their office? Should they be doing them? Um, is there anything coming out that says that that's not something, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you can get free tests now from the government, just do them yourself at home. Uh, should doctors be involved in that or should they just let the patients do it on their own? So, I mean, I think there, there's no legal reason a doctor can't do it other than a couple caveats. One, make sure they're appropriately billed. It's going to be very difficult in an audit for a doctor who's maybe billing something to, you know, a, a federal pool of money to pay for a test when they know the patient has insurance because they see the patient every year for the physical or something. They know they have insurance. So being careful how you're billing, where you're billing to, know the billing rules, careful when you can and cannot accept money for the patient for a given test. Um, and then there's also just the public health considerations. I mean, I, I work with a lot of doctors who haven't offered the COVID testing because they don't want people in their office. They're, they're not set up to have like separate waiting rooms or a drive-through component like a lab might be able to. So, the, you know, they don't want people just sitting in their waiting room, mask or not, that think they have active COVID and are coming in for a test. Right. So there's those considerations apart from the legal issues. Again, also making sure whatever testing you're doing there, um, if you're actually running the test in the office, you may have to have a appropriate CLIA certification to do that, as opposed to just maybe taking you know, a sample and sending it out somewhere. Um, right. That too, another consideration for physicians is if they're going to send samples out to a lab, not having a monetary arrangement with that lab. I mean, we've had people come to us and say, you know, there's a lab that wants to do it and they're going to pay us $5 for every test we send to them for a handling fee. Well, is that really a handling fee? What are you really doing? Is that really allowed? I mean, those are gray areas. Um, and again, just because COVID's new and novel and because everyone wants to deal with it and, you know, there's money available and there's testing available still doesn't mean other rules don't apply. You still have to stop and think if someone's going to give me money to do something and eventually the federal government's paying for this test, you have to stop and think, is that appropriate? Can it be done? And those are traps that we've seen physicians sort of, you know, get into a little bit and need to really pay attention with. So separate from the one where we're going to pay you $5 every time you send us something, which clearly sounds like a, a kickback type issue. We've also seen situations where doctors are just asked to just let their license be used, whether it's their patient or not. Yeah. So what is your recommendation on that point? 
Uh, my recommendation is if a lab comes to you and says, in order to bill this COVID test, we need an NPI number, can we just use yours? That's problematic. And it's even more problematic when, when we recently um, heard of the situation where a doctor was no affiliation to a lab other than he's a friend with an owner not a medical director, not issuing standing orders for testing, nothing. Just said, yeah, you can use my MPI and I'll take $5 for every, uh, you know, every test that you bill with my MPI. And that's wholly problematic. There's potential kickback issues there. You know, what is required for that claim to be submitted? The doctor has done no due diligence with the patient, no investigation, doesn't know why the tests are being ordered, and just allowing their MPI number to be used with absolutely no attachment to the laboratory. Again, if you're a medical director, you have standing orders for testing. There's ways I think that can be done in an appropriate manner, and a medical director can be paid in an appropriate fashion. But that's not what's happening here. And, you know, I think physicians need to be very careful because the excuse of, well, I didn't know what was going on. I just let them use my number isn't going to fly. You are charged with knowing what's going on, whether you knew you should have known. And if you should have known, the government's going to say you, you had knowledge. Right. So, um, you know, there are real issues with how that testing is being done. And, you know, if it was done and billed appropriate, and if not, your name's attached. And when your name's right. attached, it's an issue. And I think there were a lot of waivers of some of the very strict regulatory laws that are out there, but there were no waivers of the type of things we're talking about, right? Uh, getting paid for referrals, letting your MPI number be used. So those things, the rules are the rules. And whether we're talking about COVID or we're talking about something else, you simply cannot do some of the things we're talking about, there's no special exceptions for COVID. So you need to make sure now, some people might've already done these things. So what we're talking about are things that they've already done, they can't undo, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's the case and you're concerned about a situation in which you were involved or currently are involved, uh, certainly we're happy to talk with you about, you know, what some of your options might be. Uh, and if you really did do something wrong, that, you know, something to think about. I don't think pretending it didn't happen is, uh, is a great way to do it. So, you know, at least have a discussion and know kind of, you know, what the risks might be. Um, if this is the first time you're hearing that something you might be doing is wrong, then definitely feel free to reach out or reach out to your council and talk to them about what you've heard here today and, and what you might be concerned about. But Sure. And I think too, and I don't, I'm sure you've probably had similar experience. We always hear people tell us, well, other people do it, well, other people do it. I have heard this never so more than with COVID. They're like, well, everyone's doing this. And it might be that everyone's doing it. That's not a great defense though, because the government doesn't have a legal obligation to catch everybody or nobody. They can pick and choose who they catch as long as they're not doing it based on an illegal reason. So six labs down the road can be doing the exact same thing you're doing. But if the government, for some reason, hones in on you, they're allowed to do that. Right. So, you know, safety in numbers sometimes can be a comfort, but I don't know in this instance, um, especially when I think the government, when they realize how much money they've spent on this, um, when they start uh, crunching the numbers, I don't know that safety in numbers is, is going to be uh, helpful for people. Right. And this is, you know, again, a typical compliance issue. So when you're reviewing all of your practices uh, in your business, you, this is one of those things you're marketing, whether you're giving or receiving payment, whether you're complying with the law, this is just, this is just another item on that compliance list of what, what are you doing? And I think Christina will agree with me that the biggest risk for somebody finding out that you've done something wrong or are doing something wrong are gonna be uh, disgruntled employees right? As well as competitors. So you may think, oh, it's over, nobody's going to know about it, 
we're fine, we'll just move on from here, but just be aware those risks are out there. And then one other thing I'll point out is that if you're doing a transaction um, and you made money doing any of this testing, you ordered tests, you had a lab, you ran a lab, you paid a lab, you received money from a lab, all of that gets investigated as part of the due diligence process. And so sometimes some of these compliance issues are coming to light um, just by virtue of the fact that you're about to engage in a transaction. And so just be aware that there are some repercussions that you might not have expected. Um, anything Absolutely. else you want to add on this topic? I just think that whether you're an existing lab that you know was in operation before COVID or you're a lab that started particularly just to deal with COVID testing, I think you need to don't just see the dollar signs in your eyes. You really need to sit back, seek appropriate counsel that has experience in laboratories, has experience in healthcare issues to really figure out how to set yourself up properly. If you're already operating, have someone look now and see how you're doing and if you should be changing things for the future. Um, again, you know, COVID may be dying down in some respects, but testing is still big business and there's still lots of testing going on. And it's better you fix now um, if you've been doing something wrong or if you're starting now, you start properly and have to worry about the headache down the future. If there's an investigation, if someone complains about you, like you said, if you wanna sell your business and the people buying your business are fairly sophisticated and do a review and realize you've done a lot of things wrong and don't wanna take that liability. And there are some times under the law where you have a, a, a voluntary obligation to report to the government that you did things inappropriately and maybe even return funds. So there are things you really should consider consider and a lot of people just start just going to CLIA getting their registrations and coming out and just starting labs because they want to make money and you know for some people that's probably going to work and there's never going to be repercussions but that's not guaranteed uh, you need to do it smartly and, and really think about how you're organizing great well that's a great way to sum it up and on that note thank you so much for joining us this has been the health law hotspot this is Christina Kuda and I'm Erica Adler, and we hope you'll join us next time. You can also see more of our podcast at ralaw.com, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. The Retzel Health Law Hotspot is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Retzel Health Law Hotspot does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Retzel Health Law Hotspot should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have.